Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and this is the Backtracker History Show podcast, where I ask you to join me on a meander down through the archives to find out more about the people, places and events from the past. Most of these podcasts have been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. And one of the great things about this podcast is that I can go into more detail about each story because there are no time constraints. And it's really easy to show your support just by spreading the word, leaving reviews and sharing with all your family and friends. It really does help. If you want to get in touch with me with show ideas, comments or information, you can via Twitter or Facebook by using at UK the capital B, capital T and a capital UK or emailing me at info at backtracker.co.uk Now, on with the show. One name that rarely comes up when talking about Bristol's musical history is that of Russ Conway. And yet, the Southville-born pianist was one of the biggest stars of the 50s and 60s with more hit singles to his name than Tricky, Ronnie Size or Massive Attack, all from Bristol. At a time when Winifred Atwell, who was a Trinidadian boogie-woogie and ragtime pianist, and Music Hall's Mrs Mills were big stars, Bristol's own piano-playing talent was the biggest of them all, with 20 chart hits between 1957 and 1963. He was frequently referred to as Britain's Liberace, but Russ was also forced to hide the truth about his private life during a period when being open about his sexuality could have ruined him. Russ was born Trevor Herbert Stanford at 71 Coronation Road, Southville on the 2nd of September 1925. The youngest of three brothers, Terry, as he was known, and the family moved just around the corner to Dean Lane when he was a toddler. His father, Herbert, was a confectionery salesman and was awarded the George Medal for Bravery during the bombing raid on Bristol in November 1940. His mother, Paterinella, was a concert pianist. Russ would later recall that he could only remember having one piano lesson at the age of four, so he assumed he got his talent from his mother. His only other experience he had was watching the church organist. In fact, Terry used to break into churches in his early teens, not to steal from them or vandalise buildings, but to practice organ playing. Terry had a difficult relationship with his loving but overbearing mother, he would quite happily accompany her to the Bristol Hippodrome to see pianist Charlie Coons, but he was less happy when at 13 he was cast in the school play as Maid Marion. His mother made him a dress and hired a blonde wig and according to legend, she made him put on his costume and marched him through the streets of Bristol onto a bus and into a photographer's studio to have his picture taken. Word of the week. And this week's offering is Salcooth, 
which is when everything feels strange and different. Kind of apt for these days, really, isn't it? Russ Conway, or as he was originally known, Trevor Stanford, won a scholarship to Bristol Cathedral Choir School and, after leaving there at 14, he trained as a typist at the local college. But shortly after that, his father got him a job in a solicitor's office. Sadly, his mother died not long after and young Terry took it badly. He began to get into trouble and on his 15th birthday was sent to Borstal for three years after stealing money from his employers and that's where he perfected his piano skills. He joined the Merchant Navy and swore that he'd peeled millions of potatoes. During the Second World War, he was conscripted into the Royal Navy, where he trained as a signalman. Whilst in Egypt, he was promoted to personal signalman to the commander of minesweepers in a minesweeping flotilla, and as a result of his devotion to duty, was awarded the Distinguished Service Medal as a signalman for distinguished service efficiency and zeal, in clearance of mines in the Aegean and operations during the relief of Greece, 1944-45. Russ was demobbed in 1946 but found it difficult to readjust to civilian life, so he joined the Merchant Navy as a baggage steward with P&O. Due to a recurring issue with a stomach ulcer, exasperated by his heavy drinking, he had to leave the service in 1948. <music> During his Navy service, he lost the tip of his third finger on his right hand whilst using a bread slicer. He would later say that this helped create his unique musical style. In fact, the logo of the record label he created, Churchill Records, was a two and a half finger victory salute. extract from a recent witness statement says a policeman pulled me over and said papers I yelled scissors and drove off despite numerous jobs as a machinist plumber's mate and bar work Russ eventually found himself in London and was asked by a friend to stand in for the resident pianist in a Soho bar who was on holiday at the time. Irving Davis and his friend Norman Newell saw him play and immediately offered him a job as their rehearsal pianist and shortly after, Newell signed him to EMI's Columbia label where he spent the next few years honing his craft, writing songs and providing piano accompaniments for other artists on their roster. Newell also landed him a job with Chapel, one of the country's largest music publishers, where Terry learned about arranging, publishing and promotion. He revealed in one of his final interviews... After nearly 30 years of messing around the world, getting drunk, playing in pubs and clubs, I find myself slap-bang in the middle of show business. Along with Newell, Russ wrote the music for Frankie Howard's musical Mr Venus, a flop that closed after a fortnight. The pair had better luck writing pop songs for artists, including Danny Williams and Lita Rosa. Newell gave Trevor Sanford a new name, and Russ Conway was born. He recorded his first solo single, Party Pops, 
which reached number 24 in the charts in 1957. And by this time he was now recording at the famous Abbey Road Studios. His fifth and sixth singles, the self-composed instrumentals Side Saddle and Roulette, which is playing in the background right now, both went to number one. Side Saddle knocked the platters from the number one spot, staying there for four weeks and enjoying a 30-week run in the chart. Book of the Week For this week's book, I bring you In the Heart of the Sea, The Tragedy of the Whale Ship Essex by Nathaniel Philbrook. In 1820, the whale ship Essex was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean when a massive whale rammed the ship, not once, but twice, sinking it. The crew had to scramble for provisions and escaped into three boats. They set sail for South America, which was nearly 3,000 miles away. They soon ran out of fresh water and food and eventually resorted to cannibalism. Only eight men out of 20 survived. This was the disaster at sea that spurred Herman Melville to write his classic book, Moby Dick. Philbrick takes us inside the tragedy with painstaking care and newly discovered research. He describes hour by hour what happened on that ill-fated voyage. I managed to get an interview with Joy from Staple Hill in Bristol, who as a child used to go and see Russ Conway in the cinema. Here's what she says. I remember listening to Russ Conway when I was very young. I also used to go to Saturday morning cinema for children. Before the film, which was usually Roy Rogers or something like that, there would be someone playing music for us to all have a sing-along. And sometimes it was Russ Conway. They were all kids' songs, um, maybe... You know, we did. I can't even remember what the songs were, uh, whatever songs were on that time. Um, I think some of the other films were like Lassie and things like that. Yeah, and all the kids behaved. There was never any problem, and the whole cinema was full. What ten-year-old or eight-year-old uh, would take any notice of who was there? It's just I remember the piano uh, that he played. Audiences warmed to his easy, sincere style, and Russ quickly became a fixture on light entertainment TV and radio shows. But he found fame quite difficult to get used to. He once said, I had lost my identity and didn't know whether I was Travis Stanford or Russ Conway, an ex-Matelo or an entertainment star. This produced the tension and I didn't know how to act as a successful artist. I learned there was a dividing line between making music and business matters. Russ Conway appeared at the London Palladium on several occasions and became a regular on the Billy Cotton Band Show, one of TV's most popular variety programmes at the time, which Russ admitted was... One of the luckiest breaks I've ever had, in or out of the business. He made records with Dorothy Squires, Alma Coogan and Gracie Fields. 
He toured South Africa and visited America where he met Elvis Presley. In 1959, during a recording session at the BBC Studio One, 201 Piccadilly in central London, he was surprised by Eamon Andrews and then appeared as the guest on the popular TV show This Is Your Life with several of his friends from Bristol who were there to help celebrate his success. Sadly, the producers forgot to invite his brothers. The first we heard about it was when we called at our local in Bristol just after the programme had been on, Philip Stanfield told the Daily Mirror. During a spell of ill health in October 1959, Russ had to cancel his appearance at the Alhambra in Bradford, but was replaced at the last minute by Chico Marx. This was to be Chico's only stage of appearance at the Alhambra. In 1960, Russ released his seventh album, My Concerto for You and revealed to Roy Plumley, the presenter of Desert Island Discs, that he wanted to expand the piece into a full-scale concerto, perform it in Bristol, and call it the Bristol Concerto. Sadly, Russ Conway's career was blighted by ill health. Not long after he became a star, he seriously damaged his hand, a major handicap for a man who earned his living playing the piano and had to take several months off to recuperate. In 1963, he had a nervous breakdown, and in December 1965, while working at the BBC, he suffered the first of two strokes. After a short recovery, he returned for a performance at the London Palladium, but fell ill once again during the summer. In 1969, he suffered another breakdown, but the following year, he attempted to restart his career, signing with Chapter One Records, for his first album of new material since 1966. He philosophized. The ex-sailor wanted to be famous and grabbed it with two hands when it came. I had the whole world in my hands until I spread my fingers and dropped it. Keep smiling is the answer. As a child, I was always known as Smiler. All you need for a winning smile is a good dentist. I wouldn't have done anything differently, except I wish I'd had another manager or publisher years ago. I might have been a multi-millionaire. Although it didn't come out during his lifetime, in interviews he occasionally touched on his private life. It doesn't surprise me that people question my sexuality. I question it myself. I haven't the faintest idea what it is. Russ, with his friend Norman Yule, were frequent visitors to several of London's underground gay bars, including Soho's Golden Guitar Club, part owned by Billy Fury's manager, Larry Palms. But during his heyday, it would have been impossible for the family favourite to be open about his sexuality. In those days, it would have been career suicide. Newspapers instead talked about his blighted love life. A wren who was posted to a different ship. A girl from South London that left him. And Hazel, who died after a minor operation while he was on tour. After Russ was diagnosed with stomach cancer in the late 1980s, he set up the Russ Conway Cancer Fund with Bristol-based writer and theatre director Richard Hope Hawkins. The first major fundraising concert for the charity took place at the Bristol Hippodrome. Even after his diagnosis, he kept working, returning to Bristol to film the HTV television special The Russ Conway Show. With the help of a successful operation and radiation therapy, Russ beat the cancer 
An article in the stage of the 16th of February 1984 said... His method is the direct antithesis to the smoochy, over-the-top production of Liberace. Conway is the art of undersell. We feel he loves his playing and composing and would be doing it even if there were no audience to applaud. In 1992, he was awarded the Lord Mayor of Bristol Medal for his charity work. And in 1994, he appeared in the French and Sordens Christmas special, playing in their spoof of the hit film Piano. Russ Conway died in Eastbourne on the 16th of November 2000, just two weeks after his last public performance. He was 76. His final wish was to have his funeral handled by Thomas Davis, the family firm whose chapel of rest was just yards from the home he grew up in in Bristol. His funeral service was held at St Mary Redcliffe Church, where as a child he used to sneak in to play the organ. His friend Richard Hope Hawkins gave the eulogy and Elton John, whose own piano playing style had been influenced by Conway, sent a wreath. The service was followed by a cremation at South Bristol Crematorium and in 2001, Hope Hawkins devised, staged and directed a tribute to Conway at the Colston Hall, Bristol, with an all-star cast. £11,000 raised by the event was donated to St Peter's Hospice, Bristol. Are you tired of seeing the latest social media trends and fearing the worst? Does the daily news bring you down? Are you looking for something new and fun to listen to? Well, well that's, that's where, where we, we come, come in. in. Hi. Hi. It's Frankie. And Garrett. And we host The Ever-Trending Story, a weekly podcast where we present a fictional story utilizing the hottest happenings in the world and bring it straight to your earbuds. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just go to anchor.fm slash evertrendingpod and subscribe today. Back in the day facts. Firstly, on the 6th of March, 1930, US businessman and inventor Clarence Birdseye first put frozen foods on sale in Massachusetts in the USA. On the 7th of March, 1969, London Underground's Victoria Line from Walthamstow Central to Victoria was officially opened by Queen Elizabeth II. In 2001, on the 8th of March, the jet-powered speedboat Bluebird was raised from Coniston Water in the Lake District, where it had crashed, killing Donald Campbell 34 years earlier. On the 9th of March in 1959, the Barbie doll went on sale for the first time. On the 12th of March in 1946, US singer and actress Lisa Minnelli was born. And also on the 12th of March, but in 1968, Mauritius becomes an independent state within the Commonwealth. It became a republic on the same date in 1992. Before I go, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Marcus KP, Patrick Allen and Sam Vernon for lending their voices to make this story come to life. You have been listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. 
Now, this podcast has been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. If you liked it, please leave a rating and maybe a comment. If you didn't, well, let's just leave it at that, shall we? I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or, alternatively, you can email me at info at backtracker.co.uk. By the way, the tune in the background, that's by The Model Folk. You can find out more about them at themodelfolk.com. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, guys, take care and look after each other.